You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on Savage Podcast. So, I'm on vacation. I am not actually here. We did not record this this week. We recorded this a couple weeks in advance. Which means I am speaking to all of you in the future, from the past, and I have nothing to rant about because usually I like to talk about things that are in the news, but I don't know what's in the news right now. So whatever's happening that might piss me off, you're going to have to imagine what I might say about it because I can't really say anything about it uh, because it hasn't happened yet for me, although it's happened for you. I will say this though. I am on vacation unless the plane I was on that was taking me to vacation crashed into the Pacific Ocean, in which case I and my family are all dead, uh, which will be very sad if that comes true. But I'm on vacation, which is a good thing. And I want to thank my uh, husband in Canada, boyfriend in America, Terry, for this vacation that we're on. And just throwing this out there as an example uh, as to why people should be a little more chill about their partners and the decisions they make. Because like earlier this year, in the middle of winter, Terry booked us a vacation in Hawaii in late July – which is ridiculous because it's summer where we live in July. Why would we go to Hawaii in July when it's summer where we live? And as things turned out, we're not having a summer here in Seattle this year. It is raining and 40s, 50s, and low 60s all summer long so far. So I am very grateful to uh, Terry for over my objections. Not even my objections. He doesn't even tell me. He just books shit and doesn't tell me anything anymore. Uh, that we're in Hawaii enjoying the beach and the Mai Tais. Uh, well, all of you, everyone back at home in Seattle, where I live and we podcast from, are drowning in their own tears. Your calls from the past and my responses to the future after this. Fire TV is the ultimate adult video experience with over 15,000 movies featuring all your favorite stars. Find your perfect scene and watch it on your TV, computer, phone, or tablet. Go to FireTV.com now and sign up for free to see the world's hottest girls in the world's hottest films. That's F-Y-R-E-T-V.com. Hi, Dan. So uh, this is maybe kind of a stupid question about what to do when you break up for circumstantial reasons rather than personal reasons, but let's just say you um, date someone for all four years of college and you break up to go off to your respective PhD programs. Um, and you guys had all this really awesome sex together and you thought you were going to get married and have kids and it was so perfect. And basically the main question is, how the fuck do you stop thinking about this other person while you're diddling yourself so you don't just get more and more depressed? I mean... How do you just try and think about someone else? I'm not sure I'm the best person to offer you advice in, in this situation. There are still a few guys in my Solodex, which is like a Rolodex, but for when you're alone, uh, that had one night stands with 20 years ago. So I don't know if I'm going to tell you to stop masturbating about that guy. When it comes to masturbation, do what works. Think about what turns you on. And if it was circumstance and not any asshole thing he did or any asshole thing you did that ended this relationship, why not remember him and it fondly if it helps you get there and get off just so long as you're not closing down so that if a new hot guy that you can have new hot sex with who may replace Mr. Coulda, woulda, shoulda been in your solid X, 
should come around, then you're still open to him. But in the meantime, lady, crank him out. And wherever he is and wherever you are, there's got to be a city that's equidistant from both points where you guys can hook up for some actual real-time sex. Supplement your masturbatory fantasies until you do meet the next lucky gentleman that you bestow your favors on. And then your fantasies when he's away. Hey, Dan. Um... 19-year-old gay man, uh, my question is this. Freshman year of college was awesome, and I had a lot of fun and did a lot of stupid stuff, but um, I became really close to this straight upperclassman guy who was really attractive. Um, by the end of the year, I could tell I'd fallen for him, which felt really shitty, but um, but one night we were hanging out together, we were both drunk, and one thing led to another, dot, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and uh, we started sleeping together for a few weeks. Um it was awesome. I had never been with a guy before. He was my first, and uh, we got we got along really well. And he was really hot and uh, supposedly straight, which really turned me on, knowing that uh, he'd been with girls before. Um, anyways, as things go, uh, it ended horribly. He didn't know if he wanted sex anymore. I was sort of an experiment, and he also didn't want anybody finding out about it. Um, blah, blah, blah. My heart was totally broken. Um, I was horribly depressed for a while afterwards. But um, a lot of time has passed since then. I'm now junior. I've had more legitimate relationships with guys, boyfriends uh, since then. And I'm pretty much over it. But um, I had uh, like kind of hot dream about him last night. And uh, today it's left me really like wanting him again. Um, this happens every few months where I just kind of revert to desiring him, thinking about uh, our situation, our time together. Um, and getting really turned on by it. Um, when, when things ended, he left, and I told him how big of a jerk he was, and that, uh, I mean, it was cordial, but I made it clear that I felt like shit, and I would be glad if I didn't ever see him again. Um, anyways, my question is, is there any way to stop these, like, rare, sporadic bursts of wanting him back? Um, again, like, I'm way past it, but every once in a while, uh, thinking about our situation and what we had really turns me on, but you know, he's the press afterwards because I think of how how much fun I was having at the time. Um, is there anyone that not have these like days anymore? These really rare days. Um, yeah. Also, I had a second question, uh, which is arguably more serious. Were you really roommates with Rick Santorum? And if you were, was there ever a night where you were both kind of drunk and the line between sin and maybe innocent college experimentation blurred a bit? Second question first. I really can't go into anything that I saw or did when I was roommates with Rick Santorum back at the University of Pennsylvania a million years ago because I signed a seven-figure non-disclosure agreement. Okay, moving on. Um, this isn't really a problem, just like the last card. This is going to be a problem-free podcast, problem-free, savage, lovecast. You know, you'll be plagued by these brief uh, interludes uh, you know, where he'll pop into your memory, you'll have an erotic dream because this was a really intense and formative sexual experience uh, that ended, you know, in a sort of like grand, passionate crack up. And those things gradually do sort of fade. And, you know, the grand passion will be uh, superseded by grand passions that have not yet happened, but will happen that will come your way. And one day you will look back on, you know, that experience with him and what could have been. And you remember it fondly and it will enter your solodex, uh, your you know masturbatory rolodex, uh, as others uh, like that have entered mine, as the previous caller's previous relationship have entered hers. And it will be something that you enjoy 
the memory of. Right now, it's still a little fresh, still a little painful. Uh, but there's really nothing you can do about it except when it happens, when these things pop to mind, don't get depressed. Just acknowledge the sadness and enjoy the wallow a little bit and enjoy the memories and assure yourself that at 19, more memories and more experiences like this are coming your way. And you, your heart was broken and what that should – what you should take away from that experience is not that your heart is – irrevocably broken. It proves that you have a heart that's there that can be broken, that you can make this kind of connection and form this kind of attachment and make yourself vulnerable to a person in a way that really lets them in. And you're going to find a person who is more deserving of that invitation than this guy who is still sort of floundering around trying to figure out his sexuality was. And when that happens... This capacity that you have to love and be loved and to feel this passionately about someone, uh, which right now you know is the source of some pain in your life, uh, will be the source of a great deal of joy and some pain in your life later. But just enjoy it. Enjoy the wallow. What else can you fucking do? When he pops to mind, rub one out in his honor and his memory and then go find a guy uh, who's more deserving of your uh, time and attention than this guy clearly was. Hi, Dan. Um, my name is Stephen. I'm uh, in Southern California, and I am in a situation where I live near um, a couple of my nephews who um, are in their 20s, and I, uh, I, I, I don't respect them very much, and I don't uh, desire them during the day, but I just had a sex dream about the less attractive of the two. I am at a loss as to how this could have happened, and I um, am frankly more attracted to the other of them. Uh, perhaps I said I'm a 47-year-old gay man, and I had this very vivid sex dream. What do you suppose that means? I once had a very intense and vivid sex dream about Prince Philip, the husband of Queen Elizabeth. That doesn't mean I'm the Queen of England. I once had a really intense, uh, dirty dream about Prince, just Prince, not Prince Philip or Prince, Prince anybody, Prince, the performer. That doesn't mean I'm whatever it is that somebody who sleeps with Prince is. It just – sometimes shit pops into your head. It's your subconscious mind playing tricks on you. Don't attach meaning. It seems like what you're really upset about is that you didn't dream about the more attractive cousin, the one you would have liked to have dreamt about. There's something – some you know disgust reaction you're having uh, after the fact because you could have had a dream that was a lot sexier than the one you did have. It doesn't mean anything. This, you are not in a situation. There is nothing happening here. Dirty dreams are something that we're not responsible for. Our conscious minds don't cast them. They don't tell us anything about our true desires and our waking lives. And they're to be shrugged off, not to be obsessed over. If everyone who had a disturbing dirty dream spent the rest of their lives worrying about what it meant, none of us would have time for actual dirty realities. So just let it go and don't think about your cousins this way. And if I have any 20-year-old listeners in Southern California who have 47-year-old gay uncles, 
Please let it go. Don't obsess over this call any more than the caller should obsess over the dream. Fire TV is the ultimate adult video experience with over 15,000 movies featuring all your favorite stars like Sasha Gray, Brie Olson, Alexis Texas, Tori Black, and more. Find your perfect scene and watch it on your TV, computer, phone, or tablet. Membership is totally free, and all new members also get the Fire TV exclusive Wealth and Deception in their library as a bonus for joining. Go to FireTV.com now to see the world's hottest girls and the world's hottest films. That's F-Y-R-E-T-V.com. Hi, Dan. This is a 22-year-old straight lady in the Northeast. Um, got a 19-year-old boyfriend in a great relationship. Uh, I forgot to like put in my birth control ring once, so he, we were like, didn't pull out message, which I knew wasn't the smartest, but whatever. And he pulled out, and all of a sudden, it, I thought he was, I could not believe how much he was coming, but it wasn't coming. It was like, it was like pee, but it didn't smell like pee, and there was a lot of it. And so we had a laugh, and it was funny. But was that pee, or was it like, it reminded me almost of like female ejaculate and odorless, I don't know, very strange. Um, do you have any idea what this could have been? I'd love to know. Thank you. Bye. It's called pre-cum. Some guys make quite a lot of it. Some guys make very little of it. There are guys who pre-cum so much that then when they get aroused at a movie or they're just making out with somebody, it looks like they've wet their pants. Your boyfriend may be one of those guys. Now, not all guys who make a tremendous amount of pre-cum make it you know, when they're watching a movie or they're just making out. Sometimes it takes you know, actual sexual activity for it to just go and go and go. Sounds like that's what it is. It's clear. It's thin. It doesn't smell like urine and it pours out of uh, some aroused men's dicks and I think we can safely assume that if your boyfriend's dick was hard and it was inside you, he was aroused. Now you know that you've got a pre-cummer on your hands. Uh, enjoy. And there isn't a lot of semen in pre-cum, which is why the pull-out method is not advised. I'm much more in favor of birth control but it is not much – less effective than the way people use condoms. If people use condoms correctly and diligently, condoms are a much more effective form of birth control than pulling out. But pulling out, compared to the way people actually use condoms, which can be a little sloppy, is almost as effective. Uh, because in part, there isn't a lot of semen present in pre-cum. Although there can be semen present in pre-cum. You can draw the short straw using uh, the pull-out method and you're going to be very pregnant if you get pregnant, even if uh, the odds were against you being pregnant. Do you draw the short straw? Are you pregnant? Hi, Dan. I'm a huge fan of your column. Um, I'm a 40-year-old, queer, identified, straight sex worker. I've been an exotic dancer for nearly 20 years. I've been a pro-dom, an escort, and I'm now a sensual massage girl living in Los Angeles. But I want to be a writer. I feel stuck. Even though I feel lucky to have a job that I enjoy, I want to get out of the sex industry. I've tried to quit a thousand times. Politically, I'm a pro-sex work feminist. My writing reflects my beliefs. My question is, I give hand jobs for a living, and it makes my boyfriend cry. He finds my job upsetting, and no matter how I apply the Susie Bright logic of sex work and talk to him endlessly about trust and my feelings for him, he feels the way he feels. It's the only argument we have, and I'm in love with this guy. I want, the truth is I want to be a writer and a teacher, but I'm struggling with the transition out of sex work into the mainstream. I'm afraid my job is interfering with my happiness. 
and I feel defensive about my job because I'm working at a place that I actually really like now, where I feel safe. What does your boyfriend do for a living? He's, uh, he's a composer. And how long have you guys been together? Three or four months, going on four months. Okay, so not long enough for you to turn to him and say, I would like to get out of this work, and if you really feel strongly that I shouldn't be doing this work and it really hurts your feelings, uh, help me transition out of this work. Help me pay my bills. Support me while I, you know, do what I need to do to make a career out of writing and teaching. But you're not at that point yet at four months. You're also not, I don't think, at four months at a point where he can dictate to you what you're going to do to pay your bills and, and meet your needs, particularly in an economy like this. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I wouldn't feel comfortable asking for him. I ask him for emotional support, but I, I haven't asked him for any financial support. It's pretty new for that. And it would be really suck-ass for you to, you know, get pull out of a job, uh, you know, a new work situation where you say you feel safe and comfortable and you feel good going to work. And then, you know, what if the relationship goes to shit in a month or two, like so many relationships do, and for not this reason, but for some other reason? And then where are you going to be besides unemployed? Absolutely. So I think, you know, this is a situation where right now there's no fix. Right now, either he has to pay that price of admission to be with you, which means turning a blind eye or wishing it away or not thinking about what it is you have to do for a living right now, knowing, and it should be some comfort to him that you are making preparations to transition out of sex work, but you can't just jump out of the job that you have right now that pays your bills, nor does it sound yeah. like you want to. Right. I do want to. Um, I've been in the business for 20 years. I've done a lot of different things, like I, like I mentioned, um, pro-dom, sensual massage. I've been mostly an exotic dancer for 20 years, and it's a really hard job to get out of. I have a master's degree, so I'm exploring teaching opportunities. It's not like I'm sitting here doing nothing. You know, I'm I'm talking to everyone I know about how to break into teaching. And that should be um, good enough, and you know that should be good enough for him, that, okay. that you're clearly transitioning out of, you know, what happened at 20-year career, and if you decide to write about it, it's going to be a rich source of material. Oh, I have a. I, I am writing about it. I've been writing about it for a long time. Well, uh, I, I think he should be mollified by that. And it, this is a situation where you know he gets to have his feelings, and they're legitimate. Yeah. Makes him sad, so try not to think about it, honey. And you get to have your feelings, which is I got to pay the bills, and we've only been together four months, and it's not like you're offering to marry me and take me away from all of this. Right. And would I be comfortable with that as a feminist? I don't know. I mean, well, that's I, another thing. He wants me to ask him for help. But I'm not really – I don't really want to be rescued by a man. It's not really my style. I've, okay. Well, what if you had a penis? Would it, would it be okay then for him to step in and rescue you man to man? Because I know plenty of people in same-sex male relationships where you know one guy was a lawyer and had a lot of money. The other guy was a waiter mm-hmm. who wanted to go to college and they like mm-hmm. fell in love and the lawyer put the waiter through college and they're still together. Was that sexism? No, because they both have penises. No. So just think yeah, – try not to right. think of your genitals and his genitals and then make your moves because that's sexism. Okay. Well, should I talk to him about that then? Like a possible plan to help me transition out of this? As not, a at, team? not at four months. No. Okay. I, how I, long should I wait? I think a year you could transition <laughs> out of it. Because you don't, you don't want him to then say, oh, she's asking me to pay her to be my girlfriend. Because you don't want him yeah, to I like to latch on to some stereotype uh, that he may have in his head about sex workers and people who do sex work. What you need to say is, this is what I'm going to be doing for a little while longer. You can put it out of mind, try not to think about it, be mollified by the notion that I'm moving away from this work and I'm trying to transition out of it. Right now, I can't. You know, mm-hmm. it, and you should tell them, compare it to being a bartender. I know so many people right. who got into restaurant work 
who 20 years later are in the same position that you're in now. It was so lucrative. It was so easy. It left so much time for other things that they can't, you know, they don't want to start, you know, start at square one in some other career yeah. that's going to pay a lot less and eat a lot more of their time. And then they, you know, they, they're 45, been yeah. bartending for 20 years. And they're like, I just can't I keep doing this. Uh, it's the golden handcuffs. I've had other careers and I've always fell back into the laps of strangers. Just it's, <laughs> it's lucrative. You know, it requires a certain skill set that I'm just damn good at it. Yeah, and but you're damn good at it. But you're, and, you know, you sounds like you take really good care of yourself based on our breakfast conversation while we were sitting <laughs> levels. But it's something that people age out of. By, I know, you know, I you, am. You got like 8, 10, 12 tops uh, more years. Yeah, no. Unless you I've go back to pro-doming. So you do need to be making plans for your future. And I think you should I'm, be open yeah. with him and say, "My right now, I really like you. My plans for the future involve you. You, you know, We're not getting married and running away, so I'm not asking for anything. I'm not going to rely on you. And you need to mm-hmm. trust me. And then let's keep dating. And just don't think about me giving hand jobs if it bothers you that much. And then if he offers, then you can think about it. But don't ask. Because if you ask for his support while you transition – if he has any discomfort with sex work or sex workers, that may trigger a whole yeah. set of assumptions and negative stereotypes right. in his head that will end this relationship prematurely. And then, but he says that he's, he gets obsessed, like to think he has obsessive thinking about it and what I'm doing here, and he, he makes him very insecure with me. And I kind of feel like he's asking me to fix it. And it's like, I can't fix your insecurities, dude. Well, you can say, I can't fix your insecurities in the short run. In the long run, I am working on this. I am with you. I want to transition out of this work. Here are the steps I'm taking. Like I I keep saying that should mollify him. If that doesn't mollify him and Mm -hmm. he's being a douche and a dick bag about it, then maybe you can't be with him right now. Okay. He's not being a douche or a dick bag. He just likes to share with me his feelings about it and I'm kind of There's nothing mutually exclusive about douchebag and sharing your feelings. Sometimes douchebags express their douchiness by sharing their feelings. (laughs) Unless he's prepared to like do something about it. Just piling guilt on you and making you feel really conflicted uh, or as if you're not you know you're failing him or this relationship somehow by not snapping your fingers and having some other career that pays your bills can be a douche move. You have to say to him at some point I've heard you. I'm working on it. Okay. You know, unless I win the lottery or you marry me and take me away from all this, it's right. not something I can do just by snapping my fingers, particularly okay. while I have a dick in my hand. Okay. It's hard to snap your fingers when you have a dick in your hand. <laughs> I love it, and I love your column. Thank you so much for calling me. Hi, Dan. Um, been listening to your stuff for about a year now, but simple fact is I had a very odd experience on my way into work this morning. Uh, now I kind of want some advice on. Um, all right. So um, I'm on my way into work. I live in a, my job is in a very posh part of the city I live in. And um, some guy comes up to me and asks me if the, the landmark in front of me is in fact the landmark he's looking for. And I go, yeah, of course. Um, I couldn't really hear him. I had my headphones in listening to the Lovecast. And um, he then asked me a question that I couldn't quite hear. Um, so I, I kick off the headphones, and I turn to him, and I say, can you repeat that? And I was fairly sure I heard him like the first time. But the second time is what caught my attention. He said, is that all you down there? And I, I thought he meant the, the bus that I had gotten off of uh, the university bus. And I was a little uh, confused about that. I tried to piece together what he was saying. Um, 
not being used to what he was saying. Um, and then he glanced down, obviously inferring towards what he had intended, and I suddenly picked up on the cues. Um, at which point he then said, I'll give you $20 for five minutes of your time. I made some excuse about being late to work and quickly hurried off at that point, but um, I'm not quite sure what I should have done in that situation. Never been propositioned money for sex ever before, and from what I'm understanding, it's a rather unique experience, or at least a fairly uncommon one. Just a little perturbed. Um, hmm. I know you oh, You always say gay men are, um, you know, doing what all straight men would do, and that is um, just because straight men, uh, sorry, gay men are more willing to do it. Um, I myself really had no interest in his offer, um, or him, and I'm not quite sure what I should have done, so that's my question. What what should I have done other than just uh, politely decline and run away? What do I think you should have done in that situation? Haggle. 20 bucks? Even for five minutes of your time? Do you know what a bunch of lap dance costs? And I bet he wanted a little bit more than a lap dance. It costs more than 20 bucks. Um, you did the right thing. You know, he made an offer and you politely excused yourself and fled. You didn't beat him to a pulp and now you're not in trouble with the law for that and good for you. And I suppose if it made you feel really uncomfortable or unsafe, you should have turned the tables on him and shouted at him. You know, a lot of people who approach people uh, in public places and make inappropriate remarks or inappropriate offers or even uh, touch them, assault them physically, are relying on that other person's sense of decency and their inhibitions around making a scene to get away with it. Because if they say something horrifying to you or touch you, you may not want to call attention to what just happened, uh, sometimes out of a misplaced sensitivity to that other person's feelings by calling them out, by screaming and yelling, by making a scene. Uh, if he made you feel at all uncomfortable, if you felt threatened, if you felt that you're being taken advantage of in those situations, make a scene, turn the tables, humiliate and embarrass that person. Uh, don't allow that person to exploit your basic decency uh, to get away with their basic human indecency at that moment. But if you weren't offended, if he was slightly ridiculous, it was something you could laugh off and it's a good story and you weren't angry, you did exactly what you should do. You said, no, thank you, and walked the fuck away. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm calling because we're trying to make a decision about whether or not this guy is an asshole. Um, my friend, um, she doesn't have blind-ish date with this guy, and she's hanging out with him at a bar. We end up showing up at the bar, so we meet him, too. Apparently, late is at night. She got really, really drunk, and she had sex with him because she wanted to have sex. So when they're getting ready to have sex, he asks beforehand. He has the mental capacity to think to ask, Can you know, would it be okay if I sort of slapped you around a little bit? He likes that. She's like, eh, I don't think so. I don't think right now. Right now. Later, they're having sex, and he, surprise, hits her in the face. Now, she and she's trying to decide if that was a dick move. I personally say, yeah, dick move. And another friend was making an argument that it's something he's into. He was really drunk. She sort of left the possibility for maybe later, asked me again. And he, you know, 
got drunk and carried away. I say if he was sober enough to ask the question to begin with, then he's sober enough to acknowledge that she said no. And, you know, she left an opening to be asked again later, but she didn't say yes. And so I think, Dick, I think it's a big red flag. She probably wore the guy in a t-shirt. She's, she's not so sure. Friends, not so sure. I say Dick. But I wanted to know what you think, Dan. Dick move. Out of the gate. Dick move. You ask somebody for permission to do something sexually, they say no. Even if they demur and say, let me think about it, maybe later, another time, not tonight, and you do it anyway, dick move. Particularly when it involves hitting somebody in the face, which even for a lot of people who are super kinky, that's like not okay. People like have their jaws dislocated and their teeth loosened and their eyes blackened, uh, even if they like to have other things dislocated, loosened, and blackened. So total dick move. All that said, I really need the phone number of your friend. I really want to ask her exactly what she did say and if there was any nonverbal communication and what she's really doing breaking it out for you guys like this. There are times when people consent in the moment when they say yes to something crazy or kinky that then they want to go tell their friends about but they don't want to take responsibility for having said yes to. They want to roll it out like this crazy thing happened to me, not I wanted this crazy thing to happen to me or I okayed this crazy thing happening to me, but this crazy thing was done to me. And that can sometimes be the case with people who for the first time do bondage or S&M or slapping around a little bit where they want to talk about the experience but they don't want to take responsibility for it. So they'll create – a narrative that alleviates them of all responsibility for it. And I'm not saying that this is what happened here. It certainly is true that people have asked for permission to do X, Y, and Z sexually, heard no, and then gone and slapped somebody, uh, you know, blown a load in somebody's face or down their throat or removed a condom or whatever in the moment uh, without consent, and that is wrong. But sometimes you have to be just a little skeptical. Otherwise, Black Hag will get after you. You have to be a little skeptical when it comes to, you know, Varsity sex where people you know, have this desire to talk about it, don't seem scarred by the experience, want to see that other person again and yet describe a scenario where they were abused or assaulted or violated technically. You have to say to your friend, so if it happened like you said it happened, why would you ever want to see this guy again? And I'm not saying it didn't happen like you said it happened. I'm just saying you should press her on that a little bit and see what she says. She's either going to say – well, I didn't say no or I just said maybe or he asked again and – or she'll say he did it and I liked it even though I'd said no, which gets you into a whole other dicier realm, which I kind of don't want to talk about on the podcast because I'm going to get slaughtered for what I've said already. The tech savvy at risk youth are giving me the uh, – do you know how many angry calls we're going to have to listen to this week? I roll. So we're going to move on to the next call. Just uh, – no, but you know, to answer your question one more time, total dick move. Yeah, absolutely no question, dick move. But there could be other things going on here too in addition to that dick move. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm a 14-year-old gay kid. Um, I occasionally watch porn. I usually keep my hand on the mouse um, to uh, – just in case someone gets home. I didn't realize how late it was or something, and they got home or started coming downstairs, and I didn't know they had been home. 
uh, and I must have clicked on the uh, I clicked on one of the ads on accident that's on the porn site, um, and it gave my computer a virus. I tried to click off, but it wouldn't. The site wouldn't let me leave it. Um, so I shut my computer down, turned it back on, and it all was running smoothly until it starts saying all these programs can't run. Um, and so my mom, who works in IT, uh, is going to take it into her work because um, they have a scanner and they can find out what's wrong and what site caused it. Uh, she said she'll find out because I kind of lied and said I was watching my favorite show, Doctor Who. And then what happened, so she's going to take it in sometime this week. I'm, I don't want to come out through porn. You know, people who work in IT tend to be progressive. And you might want to take this opportunity to get out in front of what is likely to happen anyway, which is an awkward conversation about your web browsing history that your mother's about to discover. Yeah, it sucks to come out to your parents because porn forced your hand, literally and figuratively. But a lot of people do wind up coming out to their parents for just that reason. You won't be the first gay kid whose mom found his porn stash. It used to be in the room, used to be under the bed, used to be hidden in a closet or hidden in a furnace, in my case, in the basement. Uh, but you won't be the first and you won't be the last. This is the new high-tech way of accidentally outing yourself to your family. What you need to do right now is decide, take a cold hard look at mom and dad, if dad's in the picture, and decide if it's safe to come out to them or if you're going to need to lie to them and tell her something she wants to hear. If your parents are fundamentalist, batshit Christians, if you feel that you're at any risk of being turned out of your house or abused emotionally, physically, or spiritually because of your sexual orientation, you can always opt to tell mom whatever it is mom demands to hear in that moment when you have this awkward conversation with her. You can say you were just curious. You could say you were looking at straight sites and looking at straight porn and then you went and looked at a bunch of gay sites just because you wanted to see what the difference was. You wanted to see how your dick measured up. That's a great excuse for a lot of gay kids who get caught looking at – gay boys who get caught looking at gay porn um, and need to come up with some mollifying – mollifying the word of the day – lie uh, for their parents is you were just – nervous about the size and shape of your penis and you wanted to compare and contrast and you weren't really watching the porn. That can work. But odds are hopefully that your mom will be on your side and be supportive. Uh, you might want to now find out where the PFLAG chapter is closest to your house so you can have that information ready to hand to mom uh, if she discovers this fun new fact about you. Uh, and at a PFLAG meeting, I guarantee that she will meet other parents who learned about their children's sexual orientations in the exact same way that she found out about yours. Maybe not working in IT and taking the computer in, but finding the porn stash is not an uncommon uh, aspect to a lot of people's coming out processes. I'm really sorry. I know this is really high stakes for you. I'm not making light of it. Uh, you know, people can be in tremendous, tremendously risky situations when they come out to their families. 40% of homeless kids are LGBT kids who were thrown out after they came out or were outed, sometimes by their porn stashes, to their families. So the stakes are high and you need to be careful and you need to act first to protect yourself, which can mean lying if the situation requires it, if your parents demand it. 
until you're 18 and then uh, coming out at him again. Good luck. Give us a call back. Let us know how it went. I don't want to suggest this necessarily. Uh, last ditch, if you really feel that your parents can react negatively, you can always have your laptop stolen. Theoretically, you're still going back and forth with it to school even though some programs don't run and mom's only going to pick it up, take it to work in a few days. You could always take it to a lake, chuck it in the lake, tell mom it got stolen at school or off the bus or wherever. You can destroy the evidence if you need to, if you feel that that's what you must do to protect yourself. Good luck. Hey, Dan, I just listened to episode number 248. We let that woman ramble on and on at the very end. You are such an asshole. I love you. Hey, Dan, I am calling about your caller um, regarding the rape scene. Um, I totally agree with you. She totally way overthought the whole thing. Um, I think I'd probably bust out laughing, too, if I kind of had to um, script it the way she was hoping to script it. So here's a few suggestions. Number one, um, I would not recommend that the boyfriend climb into the window lest the neighbors call the police about um, a possible assailant. So I would probably just leave the door unlocked and um, let the dude walk in, you know, anytime, let's say, between 10 and midnight, right? Um, next thing I would do is just to kind of keep the suspense there, if they talk like three times a day, like that day, I would not talk to him at all, not text him, not talk to him, not email him, nothing. And finally, if I know that he's coming over at 10, um, just to kind of relax, I probably have like a glass of wine at 930. And um, yeah, the rest should probably um, kind of go smoothly. Oh, and one more thing. Once the boyfriend gets there, I suggest that he say not a single word to her. And in fact, spray on some cologne that he never, ever wears. And that should kind of heighten the sense of the surprise. It should make it a little bit more realistic than the kind of bust out laughing, hilarious scenario they had before. Um, I hope they have fun with it. Hi, Dan. This is Rachel. I'm calling because I wanted to let you know that Adam and I listened to your podcast yesterday morning. I was surprised at the end, to say the least, uh, shocked, maybe an even better descriptor, but I said yes. Adam and I are officially engaged. Uh, We're happy and excited and wanted to thank you for your help. And we're going to leave it there. Thanks very much for your questions and your thoughts and responses. If you want to leave a comment on a particular show, uh, you can always go to thestranger.com slash lovecast where there's a comment thread at the bottom of every show. And of course, if you don't have the Savage Love app or iPhone and Android, you don't have Savage Love. Not in its entirety. Not yet. But there's still time. Go get it. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. Give us a call. Record a question or a comment for a future show. And me and the tech savvy at Rescue. We'll be back at you next week with another vacation installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. <laughs>